Welcome to Trail and Error, a look at the trail running world from the podium to the pack with your hosts Jay Grady and Tristan Stevenson. We decided to start our own trail running podcast to talk to the people we find interesting in the trail and ultra running world, to find out their highs and lows, their momentous successes and their abject failures, and to perhaps give us all a little bit of inspiration to take on some adventures and challenges of our own. We'll be speaking to runners and athletes, race directors and coaches, sports nutritionists and doctors to get the best out of our own running and hopefully yours too. We hope you enjoy the podcast and if you do, please hit like and subscribe via all the normal podcast feeds. But for now, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Trail and Error podcast and this it's a race day, not race day, race week. Race special. Yeah. Ready? Because <laughs> we, we don't actually like guests on this podcast, do we? we first chat to each other. We, we filter them in. They're all pre-recorded and ju- we just work around them, really. <laughs> um, it takes a lot of editing, but it works all right. People seem to like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I'm racing this weekend. Um or, or of course, once this podcast goes out, it will be last weekend. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a race next weekend, which once this podcast goes out, will be this weekend. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Time travel. Is me. it better to describe this using dates rather than this and that and upcoming? So we're um, on I'm Thursday the 13th right now. We're on Thursday the 13th right now. This is the first half of the episode, obviously. Um, two days out from the race that I'm doing, which is on the 15th. So it's this Saturday. And then I think we'll probably record the second half on Tuesday, maybe, and then get it out pretty quick. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but the reason I'm saying this is that you have a race next, what is it next Saturday, Sunday? Uh, the 22nd. Yeah. One week after you. Yeah. So, um, we're going to be releasing two race, uh, episodes in a row, basically. Mm. Um, cause that will release, that podcast sometime in that last week of October, I suspect. Yeah, just before November. So that'll, that'll work quite well. So it's nice to be back racing again, eh? It is. Well, I've had quite a lot of time off because <clears throat> the last race was the Thames Path, which was beginning of May. We're now at the end of October. So it's not, it's five months. Uh, is it five months? Something like that. Um, Almost, yeah. Yeah. And for me, it was purely because... I had this race that I'm doing on Saturday, which I'll mention what it is in a second. Um, uh, of course, this episode name is going to have the name of the race on it anyway. But uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> for anybody who's not read that, we'll, we'll withhold <laughs> that juicy bit of information a little bit longer. Because um, I, I did the Thames Path May, and I had this race that I'm doing on Saturday booked in for a while, and I wanted to you know, put in a good training block for it and, and run it well. And then I was doing the maths. I was like, just not really going to be able to fit anything else in between that I can A, train for um, because I've got to recover from the Thames path and B, then potentially have to recover from that so that I can train for the race I'm doing on Saturday. So it just ended up being that there was a big load of time there without any racing in it. Um, and I did, well, the, 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 um, the recovery from the Thames path took a while. Um, you know, it took longer than you thought, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. And I think that there was a compounding effect from the arc as well. Cause the gap there mm. wasn't huge. Um, 
and then I, there's something about running on flat surfaces or reasonably flat for a long time as well that does really sort of tend to tear up your legs because it's similar muscles the whole time. Anyway, it took longer than I thought. Yeah, even I think six weeks after, still wasn't really running that well, not feeling great. And I think I think I picked up a bit of a niggle, um, an injury. Not an injury, not a proper injury, but like, you know, some, 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 one of the muscles was sore in my lower leg, which is annoying. And so that was sort of slowing me down and, you know, didn't have anything to train for either. So I really took a good two and a half months off, um, you know, still running here and there, but only running three times a week, maybe four times a week and not doing any great distances. Not with any kind uh, of focus you've had previously was there no no i mean it tend in the past it's tended to be like finish one race recover get straight into the training block for the next mm. one um so i had a bit of time off in the summer which is good because i do think it's good to take a bit of a break from co constantly training because although you know a, a good training block keeps you interested it keeps you hungry it um motivates you it gives you structure to the whole thing but also taking time off in general and just running for no particular reason I think is a great way of sort of, for, you know, maintaining that love mm. of the sport. Um, and then when you do get to the training block, you know, that's <clears> all the more exciting because you've kind of had that time away, just sort of fucking about. Yeah. I'm looking forward to my fucking about time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am racing the Dramathon on Saturday. I was going to do a duh, duh, duh. Should we redo so, it? I mean, I might remember to edit that out when we can re do a redo it. Probably <laughs> so, won't, though. So, Tris, which race are you doing? Dun, dun, dun. It is the Dramathon. The Dramathon. Um, yeah. Cue awkward silence and, like, lots of tumbleweed, because probably uh, most no, the of them have. Cue the firing up of so many Google searches at that <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. Well, They're going to the, the Dramathon website. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, so the dramathon, the dramathon, the dramathon, if uh, the name didn't give it away, is in Scotland in whiskey country, um, and it's it's an interesting one. It's a mar it's a marathon distance that I'm running, and it's trail. I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but it's a race that I've they do a half marathon as well, and then they do a relay as well. I, th I think they might have changed the relay setup. They definitely do a four person relay. It's still two four according to the website. But yeah, they have I cool think... names. So you're doing you're doing the full dram. Yeah. And then the half is obviously the half dram. Yeah. But then they do a 10K, which has got a cool name, because that's the wee dram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know they did the 10K. Right. Yeah, they do a wee dram as well. Yeah, they didn't used to do that. That's that's a new addition, but it's good. They, yeah, it's good. It's um so I did the uh I did the half the for the first time five years ago. And this was like, it's a, a major race for me in my kind of, uh, what would you call it? Kind of growing up as a runner. The evolution sounds a little bit too serious. Um, Formative years. Yeah, exactly. It, because it went so bad. So I, I ran this half. Um, so I, I was, I was, I was training a little bit and running a bit. I was, you know, I was, I've been running for years, but very kind of casually and, and never really racing and done a few 10 Ks up to that point. But anyway, this half came up and I'm, I'm pretty well connected to the race because the sponsors are whiskey distilleries and I know people at the distilleries. In fact, in, even this year I'm being flown up there by one of the sponsors, which is really kind, Glenfiddich. 
and um and put up and fed and um fed a lot of whiskey as well i expect um <laughs> so um shout out to mark thompson and the glenfiddich team for bringing me up um but they they you know I've, i work in the whiskey industry and so i know these guys and um myself and uh, our mutual friend craig went up there five years ago to run the half marathon it was the first race i'd really properly trained for um but you know i went into training pretty blindly i downloaded some kind of training um uh, schedule for a half marathon and and i think probably messed it up and went up there and raced and i picked up um some kind of knee injury during training that flared up really badly in the race um i think it was to do with patella tracking and basically the behind the patella got very sore because the patella was just moving around all over the place mm. probably due to like lack of strength in quads maybe like not pulling it into place would you say yeah. that's lack of stretching <clears throat> Like a stretching yeah. out there. Yeah, maybe yeah. lack of maintenance. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe just being a complete idiot uh, and <laughs> really just going into the whole thing dumb. Probably upping volume massively and um, not looking after myself. So uh, it went really badly. I got like, I think I got about 10K in, like halfway through this half marathon. Knees started really hurtling. And I had to sort of hobble straight run the rest of the race without bending my knee on my right leg. And, straight um, legging. Yeah, straight legging. And um, the guys who all came up with me all sort of overtook me. Virtually everyone overtook me. I think I finished the half in one hour 52 in agony. And uh, the, the guys had to sort of lift me off the finish line. And then I got into a cold bath to try and take some information down. So you were like um, Nigel Mansell in the Japanese Grand Prix when his tyre's gone and, and he's almost about to win it. For every <laughs> Or like Lightning McQueen if you've got kids. Just yeah. um, you know, the tire's gone. Trying to get over the line, but everybody's going past you. That's it. That was it. Oh, There's a photo of me at, pretty much at the finishing line, looking close to tears. It's like still moving along, but in agony. In a very fetching pair of pink shorts, I might have. Oh, might come back. So what happened after that was I recovered, and you know the injury eventually went away. Uh, but I vowed never, ever to let this happen to me again. I was like, I'm not going to be the one that's sort of overtaken at the back uh, or overtaken from the front to the back. Um, I'm going to train better. I'm going to go into this smart. I'm going to think about because I'd run out of energy as well. I was like, you know, de- depleted energy stores and thirsty and probably all of it, everything going, going wrong. So you were like schoolboy errors personified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and that, that's, that's what changed everything for running for me. I was like, I'm going to start training for races properly. I'm going to start thinking about all these things, go into it smart, train smart, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I went back to Dramathon the year after. So for, this is four years ago and I came second place. Was it third? I was on the podium anyway. I think it was second. Um, and, um, that obviously was a much better result. And at the time, you know, it was really felt like a great achievement. So, um, then I didn't go back the year after cause I think I was doing a, I think I was doing an ultra marathon. So obviously things escalated. Doing the Dartmoor ultra, um, which was 55 K on Dartmoor, which I won. Uh, and yeah, everything just went from there. But, uh, but seriously, that first Dramathon race five years ago was such a kind of setback that it was, became a bit of a like driving force behind, you, you know. You get what your hate on when you think about it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, yeah. 
So this is my my the first time I've returned there since four years ago because COVID and all that. I think they, they cancelled one of them, but the other ones went went ahead. Um, and obviously, I've gone up gone up to the marathon now. And um, well, yeah, uh, you know, have high hopes about what 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 I can do there. Actually, didn't we 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 met for the first time just before your half jumathon podium place, didn't we? That's right. Yeah, because uh. I, <laughs> yeah, although I did better in the race, I was still messing up my training and getting injured, and um, I had Achilles issue, didn't I? Um, That's right. So yeah, you uh, treated me, and then uh, two or three times before that race, because I think it was only two weeks out when I came and saw you. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, you managed to, um, well, fix me, basically. Um, Turned it around with a lot of contrast bathing. Yeah, God, so much contrast bathing. Like, <laughs> Laura's just so, i constantly just walking around the house with one bucket full of ice water and one full of boiling hot water. <laughs> but it works. Yeah. It it's works. Good. And well, contrast bathing works so well, I now have a sauna and an ice bath that I love exactly. it that much. Exactly. Just up- upscaled it slightly. Yeah. Just contrast yeah. bathe everything now. Although I have to say... I do think a bucket of hot water works better than a sauna because obviously the heat transfer is just so much more immediate. But the problem with problem with the bucket of water is it doesn't it's it's harder on certain parts of your body. I mean, you can run a bath and submerge mm. yourself in it, but then you're getting out of the bath and um, so I got this what- cool little gadget which is great for radio. Um, I'll share this with you next time. It's a fr- it's a steel ball that you freeze like a roller deodorant, and you can oh. really stays ice cold for eight hours, and you can get it right on the Achilles. Oh, nice! Well, I'll share that with you. Um, um, so, so yeah, um, running the running the marathon. Um, it is a trail marathon. I think there's a tiny few few little bits of road in it. Um, there's no there's no there's no road that I can remember in the half marathon. The half marathon is the second half of the marathon. Um, there's no road in that, but I think there's road at the start. It is not a crazy elevation as you might expect in Scotland, but there is some elevation. I think it's total of about 400 meters, which is what 1400 feet, 1300 feet. feet. Yeah. Yeah. And so it so follows not, the the Spey Valley, doesn't it? The, most of the it famous does, yeah. Spey Valley. Yeah, it starts at the Glenfarclas Distillery, which is one of my favourite distilleries, um, and then weaves its way down into the Spey Valley. So you you have quite you have a, a quite a long section of downhill near the start, and then after that, you're sort of undulating. You're near the Spey River itself, which is what Speyside Whiskey Region's named after, because there's so many distilleries that sort of Pops up in and around that area, um, and very famous uh, jet engine too. Oh yeah, yeah. I've powered the um, the Phantoms, the the uh, Rolls Royce Spey engines. Oh right, so, what it's named after it, or they made them there? Yeah, they named after the the Spey. Oh Spey, Spey Well, it's probably because the Spey is the fastest flowing river in Scotland. That would make sense. That fast would be jet, why they, fast river. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, the second half of it, especially sort of follows the river and then it spurs off again for the last like four or five K where you go slightly uphill to uh Glenfiddich distillery to finish up there. But that middle half is basically all along the river there. So overall the course is slightly downhill because you're following mm. the river, the river. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but there are some climbs here and there in it. Um, nothing, but nothing too crazy and all very runnable. 
and and, and it goes through Abalour as well, which we should mention is one of my favourite whiskies. Yep, Abalour. It can't, goes through. Can't go wrong with an Abalour. Yeah, Abalour Cardu. Uh, it goes through Nocando. It goes near the. It goes near many Craig Ellicky. It goes near Cragamore. It goes through Ballandalach. So there's tons. It's not. It's uh, whenever I tell people I'm doing this, they're like, "Oh, it's one of those marathons." And I'm like, "No, no, no, it's not. Um, you don't have to drink a shot of whiskey as uh, every distillery." Though I suspect there are people who, who do, do this race who do drink whiskey as they go around. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would attribute the DNF rate. Yeah, <laughs> DNF rate for a 10k of like 50. <laughs> percent They just renamed it the "Don't Give a Fuck." Right. Yeah. <laughs> I started, but I'm good now. Um, yeah. I looked at the times for the for the marathon uh, mm. from 2017. So mm. 2017 was the fastest finish they've had for this, 2:39:43. And yes. 2018, However, ooh, just on, on the tw- on the 2017 one, I'm sensing it was some a uh, drama. Course. Mm. So the, that was the first year, and I believe the course was about uh, only a shade over 40k. Um, on, it's a marathon. Yeah, I know. So they added some on from the 2018 onwards. <laughs> um, there's an extra little loop. Uh, well, that makes 2019 impressive then. Because they were only, well, 2018 was 249.48, but 2019 yeah. was 241.42. Yeah, that's, that, that's what you would class as the course record, I think. Yeah, yeah that is. Because yeah. it's the new course, I guess. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's even even now the course is a little bit short. Um, I think it's about seven hundred meters short. Um, so it's not a full marathon, um, but you know they, they've got to kind of work, I guess, within the restrictions of starting at one distillery and ending another. And there's only so mm. many ways you can add in little, you know, wiggles and out, stuff. Yeah. But you know, it's trail marathon. I mean, they're never exact anyway, are they? Um, you probably got it in the vert. Let's let's go. Well, with that's that. true. Yeah, you probably would. Yeah, yeah, you probably would get you'll make up some of that for sure. Um, so well, so you're bringing up course records now. When I, you know, the re- reason I wanted to put in a good training block for this is that I felt that I could challenge the course record, um, and I knew that was somewhere around two forty one. Um, I haven't had the ideal training block, if I'm honest. It was going very, very well. Um, and then I overcooked it on a couple of tempo runs, I think, and just started to get a bit sore in the calves. There's a bit much. It's overtraining, basically. Mm. Um, so I kind of just pulled back a little bit, and it became more like sort of maintenance rather than you know really working on new adaptations. Mm. Um, and everything's fine now, but I got a cold about a week ago as well. Um, which sort of knocked me out for three days, four days of not running. I was, I've been up in, in the gym using the elliptical just to keep things moving around. Um, which, which, by the way, I tell you what, I'm going to start using ellipticals more in, in like high-volume training scenarios. Really? Yeah, I, only as in replacement of a second run in a day because a lot of these, okay. you know, a lot of the time when you're trying to get a lot of volume in, you need to do another 10k in the afternoon or whatever and the idea of those sort of runs really is is as a sort of shakeout to sort of loosen you up it's almost aids with recovery rather than kind mm. of you know trying to put down you know more, more miles, miles. Yeah. but i reckon ellipticals are possibly a better fit for that than running 
um, because there's no impact, but they're just wonderfully stretching those muscles, pumping yeah. blood in and out of them, um, which is exactly what you need. Um, flush. But also, yeah, flush it, exactly. But also you're getting cardio as well at the same time. You know, you are training your um, aerobic system. Um, you know, so um, I think in future... I'll be using the gym more and just putting, I mean, it's a bit boring, but you know, just putting in half an hour, four minutes. <laughs> I'd love to see on one of those. Cause that would just be like, has somebody sped up the footage? That's what I imagine. <laughs> well, you just billowing. You increase the resistance, don't you? But, um, I did, um, I've done a couple of interval sessions on one. Mm. And, um, even then when you put the resistance right up, if you want to go for it, you can go make it go pretty fast. And then you, you're pushing like sort of five, 600 Watts through the thing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty, hook you up to the national grid. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm a bit, I've, I'm a bit of a, yeah, convert to those. So yeah, the lot, I, I had probably four or five weeks of really good training. I was, you know, putting in kind of tempo runs where I was like comfortably hitting the kind of pace that I need to hit to get near that course record and sort of, you know, fine easy um well easy but you know comfortable mm. um but you know training's dropped off a little bit so we'll see the weather is also going to be a factor in it as well because if it's muddy um and sloppy underfoot it's going to affect time you know, isn't it it's going to slow 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 things down a bit as well so we'll see mm. but um i um yeah i'm looking really looking forward to it yeah i it's well it's been um like you say, it formed your uh, your desire for the running. It's going to be a nice way to go back and and almost show where you've how far you've travelled in a way, literally mm. and yeah. metaphorically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, if if nothing else, it'd be nice to you know beat my half marathon time from a few years ago because it was nothing nothing particularly special. It's not. I mean, this is it's not a highly competitive race, you know. Um, Oh, well, you know, might, I'm not going to be next year. <laughs> half, <laughs> half of Cornwall turns up. <laughs> it's a, it's an amazing race. I would really advise anyone to do it. It's quite hard to get to, of course, because it's, you know, stuck up there in Speyside. I'm actually flying into Edinburgh, but Inverness and Aberdeen are a bit closer, but even they are an hour or more than an hour away. Mm. But what a place to travel through though. I mean, yeah. it's hardly a chore, is it? No. So, no, so beautiful. Amazing. And then we're, we're, whatever happens, we'll be out drinking whiskey all evening afterwards. So rehydrating, exactly. Yeah, responsibly <laughs> rehydrating. So <laughs> we'll have to put a disclaimer on that, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so kit-wise, I'm guessing that the vapor flies are coming out or something else. They are. Yeah, the alpha flies are coming out. Um, alpha flies, that's it. Yeah, uh, they're kind of addictively fast is um my excuse and um it's it's not technical you know like i said it's trail but it's it's not too technical at least the first half isn't and i understand the second's not too different so unless it's sort of really sloppy muddy those shoes will be fine um more than fine um we've got branded i've got i'm wearing full team kit so glenfiddich have um got full branded uh shorts and vest for us is anybody um, else wearing that? Yeah, no, there's four of us oh, running. Um, that would put a target on your back, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
Um, although the other three actually are all doing the half, so I'm the only one doing the marathon. I've got a tiger on your back. I'm a tiger on my back, yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got all branded kit up, which is really cool. Um, and then um, it's, I mean, I don't really need to talk about nutrition much because it's a marathon. It's not like there needs to be a sort of strategy to get me through six hours or 12 hours or 24 hours or whatever. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to carry a drink with me in the, in the, um, in the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's just more comfortable than holding it in my hand. Um, so I just stuff a soft flask with, um, a carbohydrate drink in there. Are you still using the Aspire belt? Cause we've had some questions from listeners about that. I'm still using the Aspire belt. I thought I'd lost it, but it's, uh, <laughs> rematerialized. And, it's a trouble um, with black running kit, isn't it? It just disappears I, for a while. I know. I'm not going to get any more black stuff because it, especially in like a draw, it's just a mass of black running yeah. kit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, still using that belt. Uh, I'll probably chuck a gel in there as well, just, just to be on the safe side, but mm. I shouldn't think it's going to be necessary. Um, just been reading recently about hydration as well and how, there's a lot of data around like um, look, there's been some studies around sort of athletes and hydration levels, weighing them before and after races and all this kind of stuff. Hmm. There was this crazy, I think it was Boston Marathon, they did a study on 400 athletes or something and found that 20% of them were overhydrated at the end of the race. Interesting. And yeah. And of course, the problem with overhydrating is it dilutes out the salt. Yeah. You can, um, so I can't it's got something with N, is it? I think. Yeah, um, neutremia in some way. I'm just trying to think of the term. Yeah, it's gone. But yeah, you can wash out the, the salts, the electrolytes, if you're yeah, not careful. Which is a problem. So, um, and they were sort of saying, you know, on these shorter races, it's probably just better to wear on the side of underhydrating than over. It's interesting. I've just been having a, an email exchange with Mortons or Mowertons, how we pronounce it. But um, they were actually recommending drinking to feel. So, mm. you know, again, don't take on too many electrolytes as well. Just mm. hydrate, hydrate as you feel first, yeah. basically. Yeah, drink to thirst, yeah. yeah. So I'm only going to, I'm going to carry uh, about four or 500 mil of water. I mean, there's water stations on the way as well. So And there's a river. And a river, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's it. I mean, just, yeah, it's, that's it. It's a marathon. Well, it's going to be nearly fun, a marathon. But nearly a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got enough time, just like tag on the extra 700 meters at the end if you, if you think you can still get the record. Just not for Strava, you sh- know. I'm not sure I'll have the appetite for that by the time I get to the end of it. Um, uh, so that's on the, t- the 15th of this month. So yeah, we're going to... Um, it'll be interesting to hear how that, how that goes because there's still some... Uh, you know, it's still a marathon. It's still 26 miles. There's still... It's still a journey and a story that can happen within those miles. Oh, it's still a long way. Yeah. Like, there's no question of it. Marathons, I mean, you know, you know, you go, you do 100 miles and everything, you're like, oh, yeah, it's nearly four marathons. And so a marathon should feel like nothing, but really it shouldn't. It's a long way. And it's about the effort you're putting in as well. Um, and to, you know, to, to, to sort of get to the, the the kind of time I want to get to, it's going to be a slog. Seriously, like it's it's going to start hurting probably after ten k, um, and uh, so it's you know it's gonna it's gonna sting. 
I've never done a marathon before as well. This is the other thing. Um, never actually run a competitive marathon. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, again, you could argue this isn't a marathon. It's a trail marathon. It's not quite the same as doing a city marathon where everyone's trying to get PBs and everything. Um, my, my PB, by the way, is 239. Um, is that which, on the track? Yeah, that was the one on the track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I, you know, I think with the training I'd had, um, or if I was doing a sort of flattish city one, I think I could possibly get down to the sort of mid 230s, 235s, something like that. Um, but with the way the last two or three weeks has gone, I think probably can shave a few minutes off that and, um, or a couple of minutes anyway. And then this is trail. Um, and though, although it is slightly more downhill than up, there's still 400 meters of climbing. So mm. it's not flat. Um, so, you know, there's a few minutes for that too. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I would imagine I'll end up somewhere in the two forties, um, would be my guess, but we'll, we'll see. Well, you're wearing branded kit. You've got no excuse. It's going to make you faster. <laughs> yeah. You got, I just got to remind myself of that whiskey, the first whiskey of the evening and how great it will taste if I do myself proud on the race. No let up. When the so, doubt's kicking in, you know, at like 35K, like no one's going to, no one will blame me from stopping now. <laughs> looking attractive <laughs> definitely trip over that um so bearing in mind you are um a very large part of the the uk's whiskey knowledge and industry um whether you admit it or not but uh what is your first whiskey going to be what's the what's the flavor of choice going to be well i'm sponsored by glenn fiddick aren't i for this race so, well uh, saved yeah. how could it be anything else obviously but even if i wasn't it would Always be a Glenfiddich. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I think of marathon times, I think of Glenfiddich. Yeah, I think of Glenfiddich. <laughs> There's nothing that quenches my thirst quite like a Glenfiddich, even after a marathon. <laughs> my favorite aid station always has Glenfiddich. <laughs> What's in my soft flask? That'll be Glenfiddich. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, officer, yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what the really cool thing is? I'm actually staying at the distillery and the finish line is at the distillery and I, I, I can't quite, I need to just get my bearings slightly, but I think that I'm staying no more than about 50 meters from the finish line. Yeah. There's a Kaylee, isn't there? It's a Kaylee at the end. Isn't there a Kaylee at the finish? What's a, a Kaylee? Party. A party. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Party time. I've heard that anyway. We are having, there is a, there is an after party. Um, we are going and we might drink some whiskey though. That sounds like a Kaylee to me. Um, but yeah, so the, it's amazing staying at the distillery and the finish line's right there in the, in the middle of the, in the courtyard of the distillery. You're going to be able to waft the malt to your, mm. to your nose, aren't you? Just go have a drink straight after. In one. Got it. I think you get. I think you get a. You get a glass for finishing. You do. You get a whiskey glass and a, probably a little bottle of whiskey too. Oh, that'd be nice. Mm. Yeah, a good way to uh, finish. Is that the last race for your year then? Yeah. So yeah. this is it. You can go out. This you, nothing to hold back. No. Nothing to think about afterwards. Bang. No. That's I might nice. do the Arc Fifty in January. So that's uh, that'll be the next one if I do do it. 
that's 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 good. Oh, lost you there. Yeah, lost you for a sec. Yeah. Right. Okay then. Well, you better get some sleep. Yeah, I need to get some sleep. Flying up to Scotland tomorrow. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we will uh, reconvene in approximately fifteen seconds to dig through the bones. Sounds, sounds good. You got you get going. You've got twenty six miles to run in those fifteen seconds. Now we get started. All okay. right. Go. Bye. Bye. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> Through the magic of uh, the internet, you are—you have gone away, run, and returned in such a small time. And got drunk t- two times. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I drank too much the night before the race. Like, planned on just doing a glass of wine. And then Mark from Glenfiddich, who sort of sponsored the whole thing, um, well, Glenfiddich sponsored the race, but also Glenfiddich sponsored me getting up there. Produced some rather lovely whiskey, um, which <laughs> it just would have been such a waste not to drink. So we both drank a little bit too much. It wasn't like we were hammered, but um, probably didn't get quite the night's sleep. Should have done. <laughs> this, this sounds like spoiler techniques. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doping you. <laughs> just my, it's just personal sabotage. That's all it is. <laughs> so, Dramathon. Marathon, mm. Scotland. Yeah, how did it go? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it went okay. Uh, it went pretty good. I um, <clears throat> probably slightly underestimated that cold that I had previously in the week. That it, it, I struggled a little bit on the latter half of the race for breathing. Couldn't breathe through my nose, um, mm. which was a disadvantage, I think. Um, <clears throat> and similarly with the with the training kind of dropping off a little bit, I found that I was lacking power towards the end of the race as well. Um, the course itself, which, you know, as I mentioned in the first half, I've done the half marathon, which is the second half of the course a couple of times. So I knew that bit reasonably well. I've also run it when I've been up in Speyside for other stuff as well, just as fun kind of training run. Cause it's beautiful following the river, but the first half was, um, unknown to me and it's quite different to the second half. Um, it's much more hilly, which the, the elevation profile showed that, um, that the majority of the hill is in the second half. I think the total elevation was about 350. And Mark, who ran this half marathon, did 90 in the second half, in that, in that okay. second half of the marathon. So it's very much front-ended, <clears throat> um, which is fine. Um, but also what I didn't expect is that some of that trail is pretty off-road. Like it's sort of cross-country stuff. There's, you know sort of farm track things but they're, they're very much overgrown you imagine like a quad bike goes up there a couple of times a year kind of thing oh wow um so like really rough and and t- some technical bits underfoot as well there was a bit where near Bal- balandalak castle where it went down to the river and it was one of those kind of riverside trails where you know it just sort of wiggles and goes up and down for yeah. like a kilometer um tree roots and, and stuff yeah exactly and so <clears throat> And of course, your watch never really tracks that properly. It doesn't quite know. It doesn't count all for all the sort of meters you go up and down. Mm. And it doesn't really count for all the left and rights as well. It just sort of straight lines it more or less. Um, but that stuff really takes it out of your legs. Um, and of course, slows you down a little bit. So I, but that said, I ran the first half 
pretty well. I maybe went a little bit fast. I was in the lead uh, at the halfway point by probably 20 seconds, I should think. Um, I ran with a guy for about the first 15K called Morton, um, and we were quite conversational, actually, for that sort of 15, 16K, which sort of said to me, well, I'm probably not burning it too quickly, but um, I think for my level of fitness after that training block and for the sort of slightly lingering cold, it probably was a little bit quick. And that sort of showed in the second half because it was about 20, maybe 28 kilometers in, um, someone caught up with me, um, ran with him for a few K, maybe 5K. And then by sort of 34 kilometer mark, he was pulling away from me. Um, now, right. the last sort of 5K of the race or 6K of the race is uphill. Now, it's it's barely uphill you're you're gaining around about 10 to 20 meters per kilometer 30 meters a mile something like that so it's almost imperceivably uphill but it goes on for like 5k and there's just no it doesn't doesn't plateau at all during that whole bit and when you when you've got 35k under your legs it really starts the end of a marathon so yeah 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 so my pace slowed and um i got overtaken by another guy um probably only two or three kilometers away from the finish now i managed to keep both of them in my sights um didn't really let them get away from me much more which is lucky um because i think as i mentioned in the first half of the recording there's this whole situation with road crossings and your electronic timer now in order to keep runners safe the race um directors make the decision that they will pause timers I don't think crossings. we did discuss this. I oh, do we not? Right. So there's three road crossings in the marathon, all of them in the first half. Um, you go over the A95, which is the sort of main road that weaves through Speyside. Now, they have marshals on either side of the road. Regardless of whether the road is safe to cross or not, you have to dib at the road uh, and then dib on the other side to restart your timer. Okay. Um, so it sort of slows everyone down and then asks them to speed back up again. Um, but you know, everyone's subjected to the same. same. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone's got the same rules. So it's fine. But of course the, the interesting issue with this is that some people might be stopped at a road for, well, zero seconds. They might dib, jog over the road, dip out again. Whereas other people might be stood waiting at the road for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute, maybe two minutes. So this is like an F1 safety car kind of thing. Yeah, it is a bit like that. It's it's it, it introduces an interesting anomaly into the positioning of people in the race because you just don't know where you are if you're actually in the position you think you are. Um, <laughs> now, <clears throat> these guys had overtaken me, but I knew that at one of these road crossings, I'd been held for about, I mean, it felt like a minute, but it was probably about 45 seconds. So in the back of my mind, I was like, I wonder how long they've been held at road crossings. Yeah. Um, and this turned out to be, uh, it sort of really impact the results. So I crossed the line in third place. Um, now my watch said something like two forty-five thirty, um, which is around about, I mean, I, when we, I think we mentioned the, the start of this episode, the, the course records two forty-one something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that was the sort of time I had in the back of my head, but I also knew that I'd been stopped at road crossings for, you know, a minute or two. Um, and, um, you know, cross line in third, but probably about 45 seconds or so behind the guy in first. And then the, the guy who came over the line second was somewhere in between the two of us, probably about equal distance. So it wasn't until 
on the Sunday, they did all this weird, really weird organized race. They did all the awards and they, they do all the awards. They don't do like a first, second, third. They do everything by age category. So they do seniors, veterans, and then super veterans or whatever okay. the 50s are. So you got all easy, these people going Easy out. Tiger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got all these people going out for awards, but they don't get, tell you any of the finish times and they don't tell you the actual positioning regardless <laughs> of age category. So it's all like a fucking riddle that you're trying to put together. <laughs> um, but I won in my age category. Um which is veteran now, by the way, um, because I'm in my 40th year. Um, I'm, I'm in the veteran. The guy that crossed the line in first won in his age category, which was senior. Um, and then the guy in second was sort of nowhere to be seen. But there was a second place podium missing from my podium, the veteran one. So and on the drive back um, on Sunday down to Edinburgh, we were like kind of piecing this whole thing together because the, the race results still haven't been published. I'm like you know, did I come second then? Because maybe actually, you know, because of the, the bit dibber stops at the crossings, I was actually slightly faster than the guy that crossed in second. Anyway, this turned out to be true. So when the race results were finally published on um, Sunday afternoon, there was only, I believe, 23 seconds between first, second and third. Wow. Right. And only I was only nine seconds behind the guy that crossed the line in first. And then the guy who crossed the line in second was in fact... Uh, 14 seconds behind me. <laughs> <laughs> so th- they had to collate the results via the, the supercomputer at the Exeter Weather Center and then <laughs> beam them back up to, to Speyside and then they could give them to you. This, this is, well, it's, at least you had the drama after the race as well. It wasn't like that. You know, well, yeah, but you know what? It would have been <clears throat> would have been great, you know, to, when they did the podium to have said, right, there's only 24 seconds separating one, two, and three in the marathon. This is the closest marathon we've ever had. Isn't this exciting? So here's where the way they cross the line, and this is the results. And it would have really kind of been a great sort of spectator um, event for for the race. But instead, it all gets uploaded onto a website hours, days later. Um, so it, I think like they missed a trick. Have- they had to wait for Bletchley to, to finish it all. Yeah. I mean, but there's, there's not really any excuse because, you know, they obviously knew the times because they were able to do the, the age category podium stuff. And it's electronic timing. You know, I would think this just pumps out a spreadsheet, you know, live, like immediately after the race. Was it so, a professional timing company? I don't know uh, how the, you know, where the timing system came from. Um, but it's one of those divers where you have to sort of insert it into a hole yeah um which in 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 itself probably cost me 30 seconds because you had to do that seven times including the end of the race yeah and you know when you're kind of running at close to vo2 max um your hands are shaking and also you're the first people these marshals have encountered so they're not quite kind of yeah. in line with what the runner needs in terms of because what they sh- what marshals in that situation should do i think is literally grab the dibber off the off the runner and put it in themselves but instead they're waving an arm around you've got an arm that's waving around and you're trying to get this thing attached into it so there's, there's 30 seconds lost there so i mean I, I don't know any way around it other than creating a route that doesn't cross the road but um it is a beautiful route and so you wouldn't really want to change it very much it just is what it is and obviously for me it kind of played to my benefit and then and there's an argument there that is it fair 
you know, yeah, I, I had to stop at a road for 30, 40, 50 seconds and catch my breath, you know, mm. so, which is, and, you know, could be, could be deemed an advantage in a marathon. Um, I, you know, certainly allowed my heart rate to drop a little bit. But you know, on the other side, it sort of takes out the rhythm, and and, um, and you've got to get going again, and you've got to yeah. get going again, and you're cooling as well, you know. So you start yeah. to sweat, so that's going to affect, yeah. you haven't got the airflow, so you instantly start to lose water, cooling yourself. Yeah, exactly. So it is what it is. But anyway, so that what we've taken so far about eleven minutes into the uh, episode, I can, <laughs> I can I can say that I came second place, um, which. I think given all of the uh, factors that at play and the ultimate time, which was ended up being, uh, so with the dibbers and everything and all the clock stop, it was two hours, 43.31. Pretty good. Which I, I'm pretty happy with as, as a sort of off-road trail marathon. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not bad. I mean, my PB around the track is 2.39 something. So, you know, four minutes slower than that with, with all that elevation and some of the tough terrain and, and everything. Stop starts and everything, yeah. Yeah, stop starts. Although saying that, the, the course I think is a little bit short. It's not quite as short as I thought it was going to be. It's only about 400 meters or something like that. But yeah, anyway, it's not a bad time with all those sort of factors played in. Um, and, um, you know, it would have been a winning time for two out of the last five years or three out of the last five years, I think. Um, I mean, last year, the winning time was 2.49. So not bad but some obviously some good runners there and um yeah i'm just it's it's a bit annoying we sort of missed out on that theater of how close it was because it's unusual for a sort of you know trail marathon like that to have three the top three finishers in such sort of close formation yeah it it would have been would have been great wouldn't it almost drum roll time yeah to reveal the winners yeah i think so it's a bit like the um what was the one we did um, the Traverse, wasn't it? Southwest Traverse, where we did that must start or just everyone could set off when they wanted to. Sorry, not must mm. start. And, and nobody yeah, knew where they were. Start. Yeah. Which, which yeah, that was, it's really that interesting, was interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Cause you just didn't know. Like I, cause I, that I, I managed to win that race and I had, I don't know where in the sort of, um, you know, the, the, the range of start times I set off, but I guess somewhere in the middle maybe nearer the start, in fact. And I overtook everyone on the course. But I knew that there were there was Jordan Clay running behind me, mm. and he was probably the hottest competition for the race. Um, and so I was like, well, how long after me did he set off? Yeah. And therefore, you know, what sort of buffer time do I need after I finish to be secure of a, of a win? And it does... It, you know you do end up sort of playing this, in your mind isn't it yeah maths game and it like you say it's probably similar to like f1 sometimes that kind of stuff goes on doesn't it um so yeah but um it, it was fun so i ran yeah i ran the first third with this guy who ended up coming fourth then the middle bit was sort of on my own and then the last bit i was sort of like i say near these other guys but i tell you what that last five to seven k I suffered hard, like really bad. It it was excruciating trying to maintain the pace for the last sort of 5K. Um, my legs were absolutely shot. And I think probably from some of the downhill racing, because, you know, I was putting in like 330 kilometers um, yeah. in, in that first half of the race. And even right up to the sort of mid-30s, I think I put in a three- 44 on a relatively flat piece but yeah that it, it really started to take its toll on that last bit and 
I was in a, a lot of pain. I think probably worked the hardest I've ever worked in a race. Wow. On that last, yeah, on that last sort of four, four or five kilometers um, to just to try and not let these guys get too far away from me. And good I was... Good job you didn't. No, good job I didn't, exactly. Um, but yeah, I was very humbled by it, to be honest with you. I think I probably went into the race maybe a bit, a bit cocky. Um and um yeah i felt pretty felt like a pretty pretty weak athlete towards the end of that race like i was i was really kind of feeling the pain um and you are a bit uh, shit uh, yeah <laughs> there's a finish line photo that there's a finish line photo that a friends took that kind of shows it i'm waiting for the event photography to come through so i can put up a put up a post but um similar to their timing stuff they seem to be a little bit slow with this kind of thing um but um, yeah, it was it was bad, man. Um, yeah, I felt felt like uh, felt felt really rough, and I was I was very very faint after finishing as well. Um, I had to support myself on the railing. I was I was sort of walking ten steps and then having to stop and support myself, and then walking ten steps. I actually went to the medical tent and got some electrolytes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, how did uh, the fueling no go? Sorry. How did the fueling go? Do you think you fueling you was fine? I think depleted? yeah. I, I just had the one bottle, which um, I think it had three scoops of um, electrolyte, like carbohydrate drink in it, and that <laughs> that was fine. Um, I was it was pretty cool. It was it was great running conditions. Well, actually, the first as we started, the, the weather was bad. It was raining, and there was quite a wind because we were quite. It starts reasonably high up near um, uh, Glen Farkless. Um, and we, you, you start with about 50 meter climb. That's the, that's the beginning of the race. So, you know, getting, getting, um, lactate into the quads, for, like from the get go or into the hamstrings, um, which is not the ideal start to a race. You know, there's no kind of warm up there and you straight up the hill <laughs> and at the top of that hill, it was blowy and it was wet. And then you start to descend along one of these tracks. And I was like, holy shit how the hell am i gonna get down to the low 240s on this race because you're like this is proper trail um because the la- the second half is a bit like the camel trail or maybe the bisso trail you know okay. it's yeah it's 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 pretty runnable good terrain you know Compacted a bit wiggly trail yeah yeah exactly but that first half is is running through fields and things like that and i was like jesus this is not going to be as easy as i thought plus they were like you know, four or five good runners around me. And I was like, okay, and the competition is here as well. Um, so that was, that was humbling as well. But then, you know, I, as, as bits started to become my, um, tradition, I ran the middle third of the race quite quickly. I did that at the arc. Um, I did that at the Thames path. Thames path. I've done yeah. it on the marathon as well. Um, so it, I've start. I've now started to recognize that that's what I do. So it, I think probably in future I can then start to look at maybe dialing that down a little bit, so that there's more there at the end. Um, yeah. See how that goes. Try it out. Um, but um, yeah. So, the, but then the weather changed. Um, sort of at the, around the halfway point, it cleared up, and also a bit more sheltered as well. So it was uh, it was all right. There's a really beastly climb at the halfway point. You cross the half marathon line. And then you climb out of a distillery called Tamdu up to a distillery called Cardu. And it's about a mile. And um, I, I, I guess you, you probably only gain about, it's probably about 80 meters, something mm. like that, maybe 90 meters. 
but the second half of that mile is on again pretty rough trail and like roots and all this kind of thing and so you're like digging in up this kind of trail and and i was running in the alpha flies of course so from the start i was like oh shit i picked the wrong shoes here <laughs> like i know these are going to be fast on the second half but i was slipping around a little bit and um there's a section on a golf course as well which was a bit waterlogged and it was like running through sand yeah. it was just like grabbing your feet as you went through it um so i think we pretty much fucked up the fairway on that golf course <laughs> <laughs> it'll be all right you've got another year to recover yeah so the acid test i guess is would you do it again well, um, at the end of the race, I was saying I'm never going to run a marathon again um, <laughs> because it is just such an evil distance. Um, you know, you're really working hard for two and a half, three hours, well, however long it takes you to do it. You're working hard mm. and it's an uncomfortable level of sustained effort over an uncomfortable period of time. You know, when we do ultras, if you're working really hard for a hundred on a, at any point on a hundred mile race, apart from maybe the last like 20 K, then you're probably working too hard. Um, and you know, it can be quite nice for large chunks of a hundred mile race, you know, but, um, this was nice for maybe half an hour or 45 minutes. And then it's the really, the hard work really started to kick in and it yeah. stayed that way for an hour and a half. Um, that's not nice no. so um but yeah of course i'll do it again <laughs> <laughs> it's been two uh, days i mean clearly <laughs> <laughs> um uh, i mean it's um yeah it's it, it's 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 a fun race it's so up my street because it's all the distilleries it's beautiful it's a great weekend away i, I mean i might do i might sort of jump around and might do the, the half marathon. I might do this. There's a 10 K four person relay as well. Might do that mm. one year. Um, there's a 10 K race too, which, um, you know, I wouldn't mind having a crack at, which is nice. And sort of, well, it's got that last sort of ascent on the five K, but you know, it's only the second half of a 10 K. So it's not so bad. Um, so I'll definitely be up there probably every year. I can get up there to do more racing. Um, yeah. Whether or not I do the marathon again next year, I don't know. But I, 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 having reflected for a couple of days, because we're on the Tuesday now after the Saturday race, I do feel like I probably should try and run a marathon every year. I think it's good to have a training block which focuses more on this sort of speed and um, lactate threshold um, and, you know, fast sort of powerful running. Um, rather than just to stick with kind of the slower, steady, steady pace stuff, longer runs that, that um, you know, hundred mile racing entails, albeit you know with the occasional sort of hill session and all that sort of stuff in it. Um, I guess I think it's, it's upscaling, nice. isn't it? It's upscaling the distances and everything else. It's just making a bigger training plan for bigger distances. Then, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, all in all, you know not not pretty pretty happy with it um and um yeah it's uh, I, it also because I, I am thinking about doing the art 50 in january and i think that's not such a bad way to sort of um sort of start off training for that which will sort of kick in in november i guess which is only 12 days 13 days away as we as we look at the yeah. clock at the moment, so not too yeah. far away at all. Yeah, tw tw you know, tw two or three weeks of recovery. Recovery, yeah. Just keeping it easy. I've just been up on the elliptical again, which is my, I don't particularly enjoy it, but I think it's fantastic for recovery. 
Um, so I'm, you know, kicking into that. I'll be running by the weekend, I should think. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, start new, start a new training block. I'll be over in Cardinum a lot, I think, because, um, it's got lots of climbing and things like that for it's perfect, for isn't it? For like the coast path a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Ah, we should start doing a, like a, a, a point scoring system for the races we do. Um, what, re- reviewing our effort, you mean, or points like, for the race itself? For the actual race itself, yeah. Okay. Um, but like difficulty and fun and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like terrain and yeah, ideal, okay. ideal kit for it and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. Right. Well, well done. So you second place. Yeah. By 15 seconds, was it? Nine. Nine seconds. Nine seconds, <laughs> man. Oh. Yeah. Um, but happy with the overall result. Yeah. Yeah. Happy yeah. with the overall result. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate you had the cold just before. I think a lot of people are kind of going through that at the moment as well. It's the cold and then the, just the drop off. I mean, if you look at my Strava, the, drop, the training dropped quite a lot three weeks out. Mm. And I don't think that helped um i was more like recovering from overtraining than i was training from that point onwards so do you know what the whole thing though sort of makes me think maybe i should do a road marathon one year because i can get 243 something on that course you know with all the factors at play then i should think with the right training block i should be able to get down to sort of 235 yeah yeah or maybe maybe down to 230 i don't know but we'll see. I've got, um, I had a patient in actually yesterday who was um, scheduled to run one race, which has been cancelled. I think it was Newport. It was very, very flat. It might be Newport, it might be somewhere else. But um, And they've switched to a race in Oxfordshire, uh, in Abingdon, which is well-renowned as one of the flattest courses, which I guess it would be in Oxfordshire. Um, and that's, yeah. I think, on Sunday. So there's some flat ones in the UK. And then, of course, there's Berlin and stuff as well. Um so yeah, opportunity for a bit, of, and I can heartily recommend heartily. That's a word we don't use often enough. Uh, heartily recommend Paris Marathon as a great marathon. Oh yeah, really enjoyed that. Okay. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe that's your new kind of yeah, training maybe a city regime. marathon. You know, yeah, yeah good fun. Yeah, yeah well, right. lots of crowd. Uh, that's something that would be nice. You know, I was yeah. just listening to a audio book of. Um, Oh, Endure by, what's his name? Is it Mark Richardson? I don't know. I haven't read that. Anyway, uh, one of the chaps, he was saying how uh, one study showed on cyclists that if they were flashed an image of a smiley face at one sixteenth of a second repeatedly over over an effort, they were 16% far, no, 12% faster than if they were flashed an image of an unhappy face. Wow. Yeah. So that's That's what reinforcing it. Yeah, so that's, I mean, you can kind of extrapolate that to a positive crowd, right? And that's what mm. it might do for for your um, for your, for your pace. As opposed, so I just saw a post from one of our previous guests, um, Jerry Chua, who's just done the World Backyard Ultra thing in Singapore. And she had a sign she was holding out for the runners that said, remember you paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're paying um, for it. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> All right, well, well done. Thanks, mate. Flying the flag um, for trail and error in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Taking it semi-international. Right, cool. Um, we will uh, see you next time, then. See you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Trail and Error podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to like, subscribe, 
and most important of all, share it with your friends and your family. Also, if you have any guest suggestions or suggestions for features that you would like to see on the Trail Never podcast, please get in touch with us via our social media channels at trail underscore and underscore error underscore UK. It makes more sense when it's written down, I promise you. Oh, and we're on Facebook too. See you next time. Thanks for listening.